Praise the Lord, everyone. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Good to see everybody today. It's on Veterans Day. I never served in the military, but I definitely have full respect for the men and women of this nation that have. I have definitely full respect for the, for those who have served, and I thank Brother Bobby, especially as our veteran uh, this morning here, for his service. Something to be said for those who are willing to stand for this nation and this country in that way. So I, I give uh, give him praise for that. Thank you. Glory to the name of the Lord. With that in mind, I hope everyone remembered the devotional text that the pastor read because it's going to be the start of uh, my text this morning. So if you wasn't paying attention then, listen up now. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so it'll be uh, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 1 through 5 this morning as our opening text. Praise the name of the Lord. 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 5. I'll like, we'll read one more than, than what Pastor did. But. There, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Amen. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you for the service thus far. I thank you for your power, Lord, because we need it so much. We need to feel you, Lord Jesus. We need your fire living in us and helping guide us and direct us. And Lord, as I attempt to speak your word this morning to your people, Lord, use me as your vessel. Have it cause me to say what you want to have said, Lord Jesus, for your people at this time. And let them be hearers of your word and doers as well. And I give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Let the church say... Amen, amen. So this morning I want to speak to you for a little bit on uh, the title, A Good Soldier. A Good Soldier. I believe all children of Jesus want to be a good soldier. But what does that mean exactly and how do we, how do we go about doing that? We all want to be a good soldier. Uh, and we want, to, uh, be a, we want to be something that Jesus can be proud of and look down from heaven and say, There's my good and faithful servant. There is the one whom does my will, seeks me, not ashamed of me or the gospel, not afraid to go to the front lines of this warfare that is going on. I want to tell you this morning, church, that Jesus needs good soldiers. Wimpy saints will not survive in a spiritual warfare that is going on. You're not going to make it being wimpy. you got to be strong in the Lord. The, uh, there's uh, a man that... Uh, it's uh, Marcus Rogers that Michelle follows. He says a lot. She says that casual saints will be casualties. And it's true. If you're a casual saint, you will be a casualty. You ain't going to make it. You got to be strong. There's a spiritual warfare that's going on, and you got to be strong for Jesus. You got you to gotta put your bootstraps on, like they say, tighten them up, and get ready to fight for Jesus. 
It's what it's going to take. You can't be wimpy. You got to be strong. You can't be shy and timid about it. You got to be willing to stand for Him. You got to be willing to do what it takes. Pray for pray for the, His kingdom to come and His will to be done. That's what it's going to take to be a good soldier in this day and time. So what it, what what are some key aspects that it takes to be a good soldier? We must first be obedient to God's Word. We have got to be obedient to the Word of God. I'm going to tell you this morning that reading the Bible, studying the Bible, even memorizing the Bible doesn't do us any good if we aren't obedient to it. You can know the Scriptures inside out, backwards and sideways, upside down, but if you don't obey what is in there, it ain't going to do you or anybody else a lick of good. You've got to be obedient to it. It's not enough just to know what it says. You've got to obey it. It is, after all, what we are going to be judged by in that end day on Judgment Day. It is what we will be judged by. That Word is what will stand. Everything else will fall away. Why do we focus so much on the Word of God? Why do, why do we preach so much on it and knowing the Word and obeying the Word, doing what it says? Let's go to 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Let's go to 2 Peter 1, 19 and 21. Glory to the name of the Lord. 2 Peter 1, 19 to 21. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. This is why we focus so much on the Word, because this Word of God, it ain't about Apostle Paul that just wrote it. It ain't about uh, King Solomon that wrote his words of wisdom, because where did that come from? The wisdom of uh, King Solomon came from God Himself. God gave that to him. So when Solomon wrote those words down, that was the Word of God in essence. That's what we focus on. That's what we believe in. They were the author and writer of it. But God Himself is the one that directed these holy men all through the Bible. So every every last book of this Bible is basically the Word of God, and it was just them that wrote it down uh, that it would stand the test of time. But it is the Word of God. It is what will stand. It is what we will be judged by. So we've first got to be obedient. Now, there are consequences for not being obedient to the Word of the Lord. There are consequences. If you're not obedient, you're going you're gonna to face some things. Is there any Green Bay Packer fans in here this morning? Well, Brother Paul may remember. You like him? Y'all may remember a couple of weeks ago, a player by the name of Ty Montgomery fumbled his team's chance to win the game away by being disobedient toward co- coaches' commands. He was supposed to take a knee when the uh, ball was kicked and uh, – he failed to do that. He run it anyway. They're, they're, they said the defense was so good at the time that if he took a knee at the, at the kick of the ball, then their defense would give him the ball back, and they would be so close to their uh, their goal line that a field goal could have won the game for him. But his play, the teammates said that the possession before 
He was mad because he got benched. He had to sit out. So he was mad, and he let that anger and frustration get to him, uh, according to the players. So he did this. He, defi- he was disobedient to the, to the coaches and his own players that cost him the team. He did his own thing. He wound up fumbling the ball. They lost the ball game because he was disobedient to what he was told. He let what was inside of him direct what he wanted to do. Now, that's what we have to do. When we go against the Word of God and do our own thing, there's going to be some repercussions and consequences for it. We can't let anger and upset, well, I didn't like that. I didn't like the way Pastor Pruitt said that or Ronnie said that or any other preacher. I just don't like that. Well, if it's the Word of God and they are in line and step with the Word of God, it don't matter what your feelings are. It don't matter what you feel like. The Word of God will stand. You have to be obedient to the Word of God. If you want to survive in this spiritual warfare that is going on, you need to heed and be obedient to the word of God this morning we cannot be disobedient there will be consequences and then when that happens you can't go running around woe is me God must not love me Jesus is being bad to me it ain't their fault it it ain't it ain't Jesus's fault it's your fault for being disobedient when you when you're given guidance and you're given direction then be obedient to the word of the Lord, especially when you can put faith and hope and trust in those ones. And it could be, it don't have to be a preacher. It could be a family, a loved one, friend, somewhere that you know and you can trust that what they're saying is true. It could be, it could be any one of them. Be obedient to the word of the Lord. I want to take us back to Scripture uh, and give you an example of someone that we all know well that was disobedient to the Lord, and he, and he, uh, he suffered greatly as a result of it. And it, it was a man called Moses. Let's go to Numbers in chapter 20 and read what Moses' disobedience was. Numbers in chapter 20 will begin in verse 7. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him, and Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod, and water came out abundantly. And the congregation and their animals drank. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe me to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. So uh, this morning, Moses' first disobedient was, if y'all caught it, was he struck the rock twice instead of speaking to the rock. That's what God had instructed him to do. But I want to draw your attention back to verse 10 when it says, And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Here now, you rebels, must we bring water for you out of this rock. Moses was kind of putting himself in a position he shouldn't have right there. He didn't hallow God's name to let the children of God know that God was the one bringing forth the rock. Not Moses and Aaron. God was the one bringing forth that rock for them to have drink and their animals to drink. And that was 
two disobediences right there when he had done that. Now, he no doubt was aggravated with them. They had the children uh, leading up to this. The children was already uh, worn out and tuckered out and just upset and had said they had nothing in this land. We, you know, where is this so-called land that we were promised of flowing with milk and honey and just all this greatness that we were promised? They wanted to uh, turn tail and run back to Egypt. That's what they wanted to do. But that, would, that wasn't to be the case. But Moses suffered greatly because that he, that he did not heed God's word and let God take the glory for the water coming out of the, out of the rock. Then he could not go into that promised land that they were to take later on. It is so important that we be obedient to God's word. You can be, you, we can be the greatest apostle or prophet or man of God like you know we think a lot of Moses but look even Moses had to deal with some consequences for disobedience it don't matter how great we ever think we can we're going to be in the Lord we can be mighty powerful but we have to be obedient and give him glory where glory is due his name he he glory is due the name of the Lord amen if you believe that give him a hand clap this morning <laughs> hallelujah Another aspect that we need we need to uh, to know to be a good soldier is we need to know who the enemy is. We need to know who the enemy is that we're fighting. You know, ungodly people are not our enemies. Government is not our enemies. Christian, other Christian folks and church people, they are not our enemies. People in general, they're not our enemies. They are just sometimes when they're not following God, anyone. At all, it's uh, they're not following God. They're being directed and controlled by the rulers of darkness. It's that simple. It can it, it can happen to anybody. It can happen to a saint of God. People in government can can make laws that's against God, and that's one reason why it's important for us to know the word and be obedient to the word instead of being a lot of times obedient to what government laws are passed and what's said. If it goes against the word of God, what are we going to do? What are we going to stand for? We are to be obedient to the word of God. So we need to know who our enemy is. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, beginning in verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Every little scheme that the devil throws your way. You need to have that whole armor of God on. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That is our enemy that we're fighting. That is our enemy. And, and every time that you think, you think you're fighting an individual or a government entity or something else in society... You're not fighting that particular person. You're fighting what they're being controlled by. You're fighting a lot of times principalities of the power of the, of the air. Uh, you're, that's what you're fighting. And you need, to, you need to be prayed up, seeked up, and powered up to be a good soldier that you can combat against what you're fighting, who your enemy is. Glory to the name of the Lord. Know your enemy. You've got to know your enemy. Glory to the name of the Lord. Another aspect that we have to focus on is knowing your weapon. you got to know your weapon. A good soldier knows his weapon inside and out. And he knows that his and his fellow soldiers' survival depends on his willingness and readiness to use it. 
Our weapon is the Bible, the Word of God. And we need to know it inside and out and obey it and be ready to use the Scripture that will shine the light in darkness and destroy whatever the devil and his demons send our way. When you, when you know your weapon, the Word of God inside and out, and you know Scripture and you can search Scripture to help you through every situation, nothing can withstand this Word. If you're obedient to it and you know it, nothing will stand in your way. This Word is your weapon of choice. It will help you through everything. You have to know and study it. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 and 15. This is a King James Version because I, I liked it better. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. There's nothing more truer than the word of God right here. It, it, it is the truth, uh, the living word of God. It's the truth. You can, um, if you can say, bank your money on this being the, the real deal. The Word of God is the, is the real truth. You can bank on it. It will not let you down. It will, not, it will not leave you stranded if you study the Word of God to show yourself approved. And that's what's important about studying to show yourself approved. Don't think that the devil's not going to throw different things your way, people your way to try to detour you and maybe switch scriptures around on you and change some things to try to change your direction, try to change your thinking on scriptures. Don't. That's why you need to know it inside and out, and you need you have some good contact of good, of good people uh, that you can have confidence in to help you explain the Word of God if you do something you don't understand to enlighten you. But, but praying and seeking Jesus, He will enlighten you uh, just as quickly as, any, as anyone else can. Praying, praying, asking Him, Lord, I don't understand this Scripture. Direct me, guide me, show me what you mean by it. Or, or put somebody in, in position that can help me understand this fully. Searching Scripture will show you the truth. It will be your weapon against what society says is truth. We Are we, as good soldiers, going to just take the word of anybody? Or are we going to let God's word be the truth? Romans 3 and 4, which I didn't give them, but it says in part, Let God be true, but every man a liar. So God is true, and He's the one that's going to be true. Glory to the name of the Lord. So uh, one other scripture I want to give you on searching scriptures is Acts 17, and verse 10 and 11. Let's look at Acts 17. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Now here was uh, Apostle Paul uh, was in Thessalonica, and they had to flee in the night because he was, uh, he was uh, giving scriptures of what happened to Jesus about uh, being crucified and raising again on the third day. And they wasn't accepting it. They, they, they were men that, uh, evildoers and men, that could try to come up with a mob to go uh, uh, search them out and pull them out. And so they had to flee, and they went to Berea. Well, it's saying that when he got to Berea there, that the, uh, the Jews there, they were more fair-minded. They searched the Scriptures themselves to find out whether or not what Paul was telling them was true. You follow me this morning? What they searched, what the Scriptures were. And that's what we have to do. We have to search the Scriptures to, uh, to see whether or not a lot of times what you're being taught, what you're being told is true. If it lines up with the Word of God, then it's true. Amen? Glory to the name of the Lord. 
Another aspect of knowing your weapon we will find in Proverbs 30 and 5. It talks about being our shield of protection. It will protect you when things come your way. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in Him. What are you going to put your trust in? What are you going to put your trust in? Are you going to put trust in God or some other, some other weapon? This Word of God is the, the only weapon that will protect you and see you through every, every trial. Um, the pastor, uh, John Hagee, I know uh, uh, Daddy has mentioned this before. He, there was a man that came in and shot at him point blank, if y'all remember that uh, being talked about and said before. The only reason that Pastor Hagee could stand there and not be afraid at all was his faith in this Word of God that no weapon formed against him was going to prosper. Amen? It was formed. It was there. But it did not prosper because I believe he had enough faith in the Word of God that it was not going to touch him. And every bullet went the opposite direction. Never hit a man standing there point blank range. A shot never hit him because his faith in the Word of God. He knew that uh, I watched a video on uh, his testimony that one time. And he spoke of a man that had, uh, he was a cousin of someone who went to church there in his congregation. And the man's intent was to prove that the that uh, the devil or the uh, darkness is stronger than the word of God. He just knew he he was might as well say he's possessed. The spirit was controlling him, thinking that darkness was greater than light, and that the word of God wasn't true, and it wasn't going to protect Pastor Hagee. But the word of God stood firm because of Pastor Hagee's faith in the Word of God. you got to have faith in the Word of God, and it will be a shield of protection for you. When you don't have protection, when you're out there in danger and you feel like you don't have a protection of you, if you're in a bad part of town, an area that you're concerned about, or uh, or something comes again, there's robberies and, and home invasions all the time. If you have faith in the Word of God, your protection is right here. You can begin to get on your knees and pray and just seek the Lord. Lord and have him come your way right then and there and it don't matter what's brought against you you're going to have victory because your faith in the word it's going to be a shield of protection hallelujah hallelujah glory to the name of the Lord glory to the name of we can we cannot be wimpy saints this morning we can we have we have to be strong in the Lord because there's too much going on time is passing so fast Technology is already in place uh, for uh, when the, when the uh, Antichrist finally comes on the scene. Of the, y'all have heard about the, the, the mark of the beast, and if you have to have it or you won't be able to buy, sell, and trade. I'm telling you, the, the technology is already there. There's people already being implanted with these chips for an easy access of selling. Uh, where I, the break room where I work, go to Salem, Illinois, uh, they went to what's called a market-style break room. Right now, uh, all you do is you put money on off of your debit card onto this system. It's ca- totally cashless. You can't uh, you can't get change or money back or nothing like that. You use your debit card. Put it. You had to put like a balance on there, and uh, then you know you go scan your product, what you want, and, and you know that's how you pay for it. You, it's like saves your information. Well, the the um, the owner of that system, and I was in Indiana, and they've already got their employees that created this market-style break room w- embedded with the chip, so you don't even have to have a credit card. So it's a chip that just, you know, wave your hand over. 
And so I said all that just to say that technology is already there uh, for this system to take place. And times have changed so much, and we don't need to let our guard down as good soldiers at any time. You never know when you're going to be expected to jump up and stand up for the name of Jesus. And our, the day of our redemption draws clear and closer and closer the more this technology advances and goes and goes. So your redemption is drawing nigh this morning. We don't need to let our guard down and be haphazard. We have got, got to stand firm. I want to share with you this, um, uh, it's not really, it's longer than a poem, uh, it's a couple paragraphs, but I found it, and I don't know who the author is, so I can't give credit to whoever it was that wrote it. But I want to share it with you this morning in my, in my closing uh, right here, and I'll read this uh, with you. It reads like this. I am a soldier in the army of my God. The Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Scripture is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I'm a volunteer in this army. I'm enlisted for eternity. I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. I am faithful, reliable, capable, and dependable. If my God needs me, I'm there. I'm a soldier. I'm not a baby. I don't need to be pampered, petted, primed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. I'm a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. I am a soldier. I am not a wimp. I am in no one. I am, I am in place saluting my king, obeying his orders, praising his name, building his kingdom. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, or candy, or give me handouts. I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared, or catered to. I am committed. I cannot have my feelings hurt bad enough to turn me around. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to quit. When Jesus called me into this army, I had nothing. If I end up with nothing, I still come out ahead. When I win, my God has and will continue to supply all of my need. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ. The devil cannot defeat me. People cannot delusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Hell cannot contain me. I am a soldier. Even death cannot destroy me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. Even death cannot destroy me. For when my commander calls for me from his battlefield, he will promote me to captain and then allow me to rule with him. I am a soldier in the army. I am marching, claiming victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier marching heaven bound. Here I stand. Will you stand with me? Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Are you a soldier this morning? Are you going to be strong for Jesus this morning? Glory to the name of the Lord.